again to South Point. Uh, if you're brand new, I'd especially like to welcome you. My name's Tanner. I'm on staff here. Glad that you've joined us in person or online. Uh, we say this uh, every week, but the reason that we exist as a church is that we want everyone to experience God's unconditional love. Uh, and so what this means for you is that wherever you are in life, and I know so many people have so many circumstances and situations happening right now, uh, that there is a God, a personal God who loves you, uh, and his love changes your life. Uh, so we believe that it's worth celebrating, that's worth singing about, uh, and, uh, and we usually teach from scripture at this moment in our service, at this time. Uh, but right now we're in a teaching series uh, called I've Got a Story for You. And what we're doing uh, is, is actually having South Pointers share their story. So a different person each week is, is sharing uh, their story during, during the series. We're also reading a scripture from the book of John uh, because that's what we're teaching through for this entire year. This, the book of John, if you're new to scripture, is a biography about the life of Jesus. Uh, it is an incredible book. I encourage you to read it, to see this Jesus for yourself, who is actually God's unconditional love personified here uh, on earth. And we believe that he is worth celebrating as well. And when people experienced him, when they encountered him, their life changed. Uh, we see this in scripture, uh, and we see this right here today. So I'm going to read uh, from the book of John, chapter 1, uh, verses 35 through 42. This is a, a shorter portion of scripture than I usually read, but this is a section of someone encountering Jesus. Uh, so starting in verse 35 of John 1, the next day, John was there again with two of his disciples, and this is talking about John the Baptist, who we actually read his story a couple different times. It's in there twice, uh, and he had his own followers. Now, when he saw Jesus passing by, he said, look, the Lamb of God, when the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. And turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, what do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying, and they spent that day with him. It was about four in the afternoon. Now, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said and, had followed, and who had followed Jesus. Now, the first thing that Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah, that is the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, son of John, and you will be called Cephas, which when translated is Peter. So I love this story right early in the book of John where, where Andrew encounters Jesus. He sees Jesus. Uh, he sees the teacher that he is following point to Jesus and said, look, here's the Lamb of God. And he takes away the sins of the world, and Andrew says, I've got to follow this Jesus. I want to experience him, him for myself. After he does that, he goes and he finds his brother and immediately brings his brother to Jesus. You've got to experience this as well. So when I was thinking about this story and who could share their story from South Point, uh, I actually thought of Deanna Rebello. And Deanna is going to share her story today because uh, each and every week we, we teach, we sing, uh, about Jesus. We sing to Jesus. Uh, we teach scripture. Uh, we talk about the gospel, the good news of Jesus. Uh, and what Deanna was in the habit of doing is actually taking notes, 
writing down what was said, internalizing this, and actually taking this to people at her work to share who did not know Jesus. And she did this on a weekly basis. Uh, so to me, this is a, a great example of someone who actually lived what Andrew did in this scripture. So let's welcome Deanna Rebello to share her story. Y'all, I'm nervous. <laughs> Good morning, everyone. Morning. Hello, everyone online. <sighs> Praise God for getting me up here today. <laughs> it was a tough spiritual battle that almost kept me from sharing my story with you, but I'm forever grateful that the Lord fights for us and always stands victorious. <sighs> sharing your faith can be difficult. But with the Lord by your side, it can also be the easiest thing you'll ever do. Sharing your faith can simply be about sharing your story and your relationship with Jesus. The, th the experiences you know best because they're your own. Not too long ago, I started sharing my story with my coworkers about how Jesus was the best thing that's ever happened to me. When having conversations with them about how I would spend my Thursday nights with friends from church, I would make sure to include from church. <laughs> When sharing about serving, whether it's locally or in Kenya, I attribute that motivation to God leading me on that path and the desire to use those gifts that he's given me to do so. I'm excited to see his kingdom grow here on earth, and I want the people I know to be a part of it. I want them to know Jesus because he can be the best thing that happens to them too. I wasn't raised in a Christian household, and when I finally decided to follow Jesus at 17, I felt like I had been held back a few grades when it came to knowing about the Bible or who Jesus is. I read through scriptures like they were fairy tale novels, expecting magical events and plot twists, not realizing that these words are the source of ultimate truth that can be applied to my life and my circumstances. So if you're looking for a story where something tragic or something amazing happened all at once that led to Jesus, that's not my story. <laughs> Jesus came into my heart and our home quietly over time, yet in a very powerful way. By the time I was in kindergarten, I had lived in five different states, our family of three being carted to various you know, corners of the country uh, by my dad's military duty. And try as I might to keep my parents together, that's too big of a task for any five-year-old to accomplish. So when my parents finally decided to call it quits, I helped my dad pack, and my mom and I were on our way to her hometown. My mother and I were suddenly on our own, and we were on our own for over a decade. I'm not sure if it was because I was an only child, but I know the amount of selfishness that I exhibited growing up. And on the flip side, with only one parent raising me, I felt I had to do all I could to please that parent because we were all he had. That and there was no one else to go to if I screwed up. So I grew with that selfishness while at the same time wanting to constantly please other people. By the time I was in high school, the desire to please my friends outweighed my needs and wants. And with that desire to please people came the fear of what might happen if I didn't do everything they wanted me to do. Trying to keep that up for so long only led to anger and sometimes outright rage when I had finally had enough. It wouldn't be until my stepfather came into our lives that we would encounter Jesus. Seeing the joy and gentleness and hope that this man has 
not only made me jealous, but it also made me curious. What did he have that my mom and I didn't have? And how could I get that for her and for me? After a few years of going to church, unwillingly at first, that slow and quiet introduction to Jesus grew stronger and louder. After two years of learning more about this Savior who would change my life in ways I couldn't yet describe, I decided to give my life to him. Now remember, I felt like I had been held back a few grades as a new Christian, so (laughs) when I first started following him, I dove in headfirst. I was excited about being part of a loving community, to learn more about Jesus, and to follow him in the life he's called me to. But old habits die hard, and I still had some selfishness and anger built up in me. I'd get angry at people while trying to please them, seeing how they would hurt me or my loved ones, and all I wanted then was justice. So you can imagine how I felt when my family and I had a falling out with the church where I was baptized. I'm not sure why I never really became angry at God for this happening to us, but you can believe I was angry at the people who had hurt my parents. Instead, I simply wandered away from God, felt disconnected and a lack of community that I had so enjoyed about God's family. Thankfully, halfway through my college career, God chased me down through Sojourn Collegiate Ministry. Here was a group of people that emphasized community and loving people the way that God loves them. I got more involved and found excitement in seeing others, meeting and getting to know Jesus. And as graduation approached and my time as a Sojourn student would be coming to an end, I had a newfound drive to continue expanding the community, the family of God. It's taken me a long time to get where I am, and as Jesus has helped me every step of the way. Where am I now, you ask? I'm in a place where I believe God wants all of us to eventually find our way to, a place where we're not ashamed of the gospel. There are a few lines from the worship song, So Will I, that remain in my heart when I think about reaching out to my coworkers, those I serve now and who I'll serve in the future, and the people God has yet to put in my path. As the song describes who God is, the lines that speak to me the most are these. I can see your heart eight billion different ways. Every precious one, a child you died to save. If you gave your life to love them, so will I. What I ultimately find so amazing about God is that in all his power, he asks each of us to participate in what he's doing to reconcile the world back into relationship with him. He wants us to know him, and he desires that we love him and love others as ourselves. Before meeting Jesus, my dreams included going to college, becoming a teacher, and sharing in the joy that my students would have as they made new discoveries about the world around them. Since meeting Jesus, though, God has multiplied and expanded my dreams beyond what I thought was possible. He's given me the opportunity to use the gifts he's given me to share his love with those he's called me to serve in Kenya. Sharing our stories is a powerful way to connect with those who may not know God yet. It helps us open up and realize how much we have in common with others. And our vulnerability can speak volumes to those who we choose to share our stories with because, in turn, they'll likely share their stories with us. I shared my story of meeting Jesus and following him with my coworker, Kim. Kim opened up to me about her Catholic upbringing. She shared about her childhood, about praying every night, not because of a desire to draw closer to God, but out of fear that God would smite her. Living with that fear as a child, I could understand why she wouldn't want anything to do with God as an adult. But she also shared with me some of the miraculous things 
that she had experienced throughout her life, that things that could only be explained as God being present in our day-to-day. It was like introducing two friends you have from entirely different friend groups and sitting back and experiencing the excitement of them getting to know one another. Picture this. Hey, Jesus, do you know Kim? Oh, yeah, of course. Yes, you do. Ah, Kim. So there's this guy I know named Jesus. He's awesome. Changed my life in amazing ways. I've actually told him a lot about you, and I think you'd like him once you get to know him. I began looking for opportunities to share what I had learned at church after church on Sundays, taking notes from the sermons and heading to the store where I work, yes, on my day off, <laughs> just to talk about Jesus with my coworkers. And that might seem crazy to some, but I believe Jesus is worth sharing. One of the times I went over to Kim's house, the greeting I received wasn't when I walked through the door wasn't the usual, hey, what's up? <laughs> Instead, Kim raised her hand and said, I have some questions. <laughs> And what gives me peace and hope is that I could respond with, I may have some answers. (laughs) Because I don't believe we need to know all the answers. I think what we really need is a willingness to explore our faith with those who may not know Jesus, but may have a lot of questions that we do. How awesome would it be if we could have these conversations more regularly? Think about how much Jesus has impacted your life. If he's impacted you so powerfully, in ways that you can't help but talk about, how could you not want to share that with others? Our stories are what we know best because we've lived through them, and different parts of our stories will connect with different people we meet. With God as the author, nothing is insignificant, and he writes our stories in ways that allows us to share his love with as many people as possible. So just as Andrew says to his brother, we have found the Messiah and brings him before Jesus, I'd like to do the same. In fact, it was an Andrew, my stepfather, who brought my mother and me before Jesus. And because of this great act of love that Andrew had for the two of us, I want to tell people I meet that I found Jesus and bring them before him. Because of what Jesus has done in my life and seeing how my mother and I weren't really alone all those years, I want others to know who Jesus is and how God has been there all along, pursuing them the entire time. I ultimately want to see the promise of John chapter 8, verse 12, brought about in the lives of everyone we meet. And that promise is this. Again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Thank you. What an inspiring example. And uh, when we talk about the vision for everyone to experience God's unconditional love, uh, what that means is people in this room going out and sharing with others. There's so much of uh, Deanna's approach that I just love and want to celebrate. Uh, So right now, uh, we're going to do a couple of things. And as we do this, Uh, I want you also to be thinking about others with whom you can share. Uh, We are going to, one, uh, engage in communion. Uh, So this is a time where we reflect uh, on the sacrifice of Jesus, that Jesus actually came, that he gave his life for you and for me, uh, that his body was broken, that his blood was shed for us, uh, so that ultimately we could have our sins forgiven, have life in him, and also that, that we realize that, you know what, we have this life because he conquered death through 
his resurrection. And we, we celebrate this. We realize that this is not something only for us to experience. That would, uh, that would really be selfish if it was just for us. Uh, so as we celebrate uh, communion right now, I'm going to, to, I'm going to read a scripture. Uh, John chapter 8, verse 12, uh, the one that Deanna ended with here. Uh, and as we, as we celebrate this communion, think about what he's done for you, but also for others. And we're going to have one more response song. Uh, and if I can ask you during this time, then that you think about uh, not only, again, what he's done for you, but think about specific people who maybe you can share your story with. So let's, let's read John chapter 8, uh, verse 12. And again, Jesus spoke to them and he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness but we'll have the light of life. And so this is what we can celebrate uh, by his celebrating his resurrection, uh, that he conquered the ultimate darkness and death. Let's pray. Uh, Father God, thank you for uh, this day. Uh, we thank you for Deanna's story. We thank you for the story in scripture of, of Andrew bringing Peter uh, to you, Jesus. And, uh, and we celebrate uh, the fact that Andrew uh, brought... Uh, Deanna and her mother uh, to you, and now Deanna's doing that with others. God, this is a great picture. Uh, so we use this time right now, uh, Father, uh, each and every week to focus on the sacrifice that you so love the world, that you so love us, that you gave your son. We celebrate this. Uh, we celebrate this uh, because you have conquered the darkness in us, uh, that when we have you, we have the light of life. Uh, and God, for so many who feel like they're walking in darkness. There are people in our lives who are facing situations that are honestly beyond them to handle. Uh, and we have the answer. We have you as the answer. Uh, and, and we want to celebrate uh, communion right now. We celebrate you. And Jesus, we praise you for your sacrifice and we praise you for your resurrection that you have conquered death. And it's in your name I pray. Amen. If you're in the room here, you can stand up and take communion.